I'm glad to hear that, and I'm excited to see you back. Um, I, obviously, we've known each other for a long time, and you know I'm, I, I love seeing your streams, and, and you've been an inspiration on my stream. So uh, I'm really excited to see you back, and, and happy to have you back, bud. You, my friend, are listening to The Happy Hearthstone, the longest-running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. As always, this show is brought to you by lovely listeners just like you. So thank you so much to Hubie, Punk Harles, Avantes, James W., and especially our producers, Menach and Number Theory, for supporting us in that way. You can join them and grab some great perks for yourself over at thepatreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And be sure to check out the show notes and all the past show notes over at thehappyhearthstone.com. Hello and welcome to episode 219 of the Happy Hearthstone. I am Guy Grumpy, your host for the show, and joining me today is Scott Johnny, my good friend, longtime, uh, longtime fan of his. Um, we're going to be talking about patch 20.4 and all of the new uh, Wailing Caverns cards. So welcome, Johnny. Thanks for having me, Guy. I really appreciate it. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I am been pl playing Hearthstone for since beta on and off. I started getting kind of competitive in the last couple of years. I've hit Legend and Wild. I uh, haven't quite hit Legend and Standard because uh, Wild takes up most of my time. So obviously I like playing that. Uh, I'll play some Battlegrounds from time to time. And uh, I try to dabble in Standard, but I usually get bored and move back over to Wild. So... <laughs> So are you a Dark Glare player? Uh, I played it when it was super broken, but I haven't played the new version of it. I didn't. I don't really like the new version of it. It's a little clunky. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a Baby Zoo player right now, if, uh, if that makes sense. Uh -huh. uh, I also play uh, Flame Waker still, which is probably now like a tier three deck, but I still find it fun. So, Yeah, I've been finding it fun. Uh, I, I haven't done as well on ladder the last few uh, months, especially in Wild, uh, but I've been having fun kind of making my own decks and experimenting with um, hero power mage and, and some other things. So uh, I, I think Wild's a really fun place to experiment because there's so many cards, uh, especially if you have them all, right? Yeah, and there's there's a lot of different avenues you can take. There's a lot of different builds. So, I mean, even if you see a list from somebody that is uh, is really good, you might want to tweak it to your own to your own uh, benefit so that it fits more your play style. And you can do that in Wild a little bit better than you can in Standard. Mm -hmm. In Standard, I find the lists are a little more rigid, so you you get a little bit more room to experiment in Wild, like you said. Cool. All right, so we have a lot to cover today, but this is the Happy Hearthstone, and it wouldn't be the Happy Hearthstone if we didn't talk a little bit about what's bringing us joy. So can you uh, tell us what's making you happy lately? Uh, right now, uh, Hearthstone-wise, I would say just uh, shifting meta is in wild is kind of interesting. Um, I'm kind of... I, I like it, but I don't... I'm kind of more like... I prefer that the devs stay out of um stay out of the meta and in wild they they more or less don't touch it so i kind of mm. like that in standard i find that they just like every couple months they they tend to try to switch up the meta and i find that either it's frustrating for people because they don't do enough or it's frustrating for people because they do too much and and you know it's all of a sudden a tier six deck is now tier one instead of like a tier two or three deck because you would you would think that it would it would move like logically but it never does because it just depends on how how many changes they make and what the changes are and while it never tends to affect things and the only time they really really uh deal with wild is when something's super broken like the dark lair nerf from before i believe that was actually a wild nerf because we were getting stuff out on like turn two and three uh, eight eights on turn two it was pretty ridiculous it was a really easy way to win the game so 
I mean, I prefer them to kind of lay off. And I think that's uh, what's making me happy right now is that, I mean, Wild is shifting, but it's because the new sets more or less. It's not because of, of any nerfs that we're getting. So, so I yeah. actually think they've done a pretty good job with the meta in standard where they're addressing the things that are overused, overbroken. So um, I, I think they've done a really good job about making smaller changes than they have in the past. And, uh, kind of tinkering with it and maybe even changing it again. Like, like uh, one of the changes we'll talk about a little bit later today. Um, yeah, for sure. But it didn't, the uh, question on what's making you happy didn't have to be Hearthstone related. I, I should have oh, mentioned didn't? that oh. before. No. <laughs> That's okay. On a non, on non Hearthstone related point, uh, I am glad to see that uh, two things. Glad to see our community team hype rising. Uh, obviously I'm a member of hype rising, and I'm glad to see Hype Rising is growing and doing really well. We have a lot of really ha- uh, great players that are coming on board. And two, uh, it is uh, fruit ale season because it's almost summertime. So a lot of the the fruit wheat beers and the fruit ales are coming out. And those are one of my favorite types of beers. So there's two things that I can be happy about. Excellent. Uh, for me, I'm just happy to be getting back out there. So I had some time off uh recently and went back to work finally after about six weeks this week um and we'll be getting back to streaming soon so i'm looking really looking forward to all of that uh and i feel like i'm in a much better place now than i was before so uh thanks to thanks to everyone who stuck through and and waited for me uh i appreciate you I'm glad to hear that. And I'm excited to see you back. Um, I, obviously, we've known each other for a long time. And you know I'm, I, I love seeing your streams. And, and you've been an inspiration on my stream. So uh, I'm really excited to see you back and, and happy to have you back, bud. Thanks. All right. Well, let's jump into it. Uh, patch 20.4 released on uh, June 3rd. Uh, it brought a lot of big changes, the biggest being the Wailing Caverns set. So... Uh, let's run through the cards that were added. Um, so the way I'll do this, Johnny, is I'll just kind of read out the cards for each class, and then we can talk about them as a whole, which ones you think are going to have an impact, which ones you don't. Uh, first up, we have Demon Hunter. They got the 8-mana Taint Heart Tormentor Rare 8-8 Demon. It has Taunt, and your opponent's spells cost two more. We have the Sigil of Summoning. It's a 2-mana Shadow Spell. Uh, rare at the start of your next turn summon two 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 demons with taunt and the fell rattler a three mana three two beast uh, common with rush and death rattle deal one damage to all enemy minions so off the bat i want to say the fell rattler is probably the best card out of the three it's basically a three mana swipe so I, i i can't see that being a bad thing it's uh it's a really phenomenal card. Um it's also all three cards are kind of pushing Demon Hunter into this control space, and I'm not sure if it's quite there yet, but it's interesting to see that. Uh the Taint Heart Tormentor I don't think we'll see a whole lot of play just because of its mana cost. Uh the sigil may or may not, I'm not entirely sure, but uh I think the all start of the three is definitely Fell Rattler. Yeah, for sure. The the Fell Rattler I've already seen a few times. Uh, we're recording this the day after the set came out. Um, and so I've seen him a lot. I haven't seen either of the others. Although I think the Sigil of Summoning could see some play, especially as people are looking for achievements. Um, where you have to play a ton of sigils. <laughs> it's like ridiculous how many. So, And that's a pretty yeah. good one compared to the others, I think. Um, yeah, two, it's, two, two demons for two is uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean you're getting two, two, two bodies on the third turn, so like that's uh, if you're curving it out, and that's uh, pretty good. And even in late game, like two mana for two, two, two bodies, it might not be, it won't save you right away, but it can definitely if you time it right, and you can definitely you know kind of steal a game with it. So. Next up, we have Druid. They got the uh, legendary Lady Anacondra, six mana, three, seven. Your nature spells cost two less. The Deviant Dreadfang, an eight mana rare beast, uh, four, nine. Uh, after you cast the nature spell, summon a four, two viper with rush. 
and Fangbound Druid. That's a common three mana four three taunt with Death Rattle. Reduce the cost of a beast in your hand by two. I like Fangbound Druid out of this set uh, because of the mana cost and because it's aggressively statted. Uh, that's actually a really good, even just a good tempo play. A 4-3 taunt for three is just actually phenomenal on its own. And the fact that you get a benefit, even if you don't have a beast in your hand, because let's be honest, there aren't a whole lot of beasts in the uh, the Druid um repertoire even in wild there's not a whole lot of beasts going on and they do have like these odd mm. smattering of beast cards and you're like what am i gonna do with it there's nothing to do with it so it's interesting to see that they're still trying to push that here and there uh but i think the the druid is great even on a tempo play so if you're not playing beasts i mean the, even the death rattle uh, if you don't get the death rattle it's not it's not a bad card at all. Yeah, a three mana four three taunt is playable, <laughs> just as yeah. is anything else. Right? Yeah, like it, like you're, t- you're talking about like any other card, like even if um, what was it? Albatross was broken at, at three mana four three with a death rattle, and it didn't even like doesn't have taunt or anything like that. So this is this is a really good card. Uh, the other two, I believe, I think Lady Anaconda is really good. I. Not sure where she, because I'm I'm not 100 percent sure where the nature spells landed, but there's not a lot of like damaging nature spells for druid right now, so I'm not sure the how impactful that's going to be right away. It might be a couple sets later where we find that's an, uh, actually a really good impact. And the deviant dreadfang, I think it's just a little too high mana cost because it has to sit out for a turn, and there are a lot of spells that are like destroy target minion right now, so I, I don't know if that's going to be very impactful. But at the same time, if you can get it out and you do have a deck full of nature spells, it's great. But, I mean, it's a lot of setup for for that card. Uh, Yeah, I think that these two will see play together, uh, Lady Anaconda and the Deviant Dreadfang. I've already seen it in duels, actually, uh, where there's a lot more ways that you can cheat some mana, uh, whether that's taking the treasure that makes all of your minions that cost five or more cost five, or uh, using the hero power that reduces anything over five by one. Uh, so you you tend to run a lot of nature spells in there. Uh, things like Arbor Up with um, the Solar Eclipse uh, are both nature spells. So you get those out cheaper uh, and dump a bunch of Vipers with Rush that then get plus two, plus one. It, it can... It can skyrocket out of control. <laughs> but again, yeah, like in, in standard, it might be just a little too slow. Um, the Especially the Deviant Dreadfang at eight mana. Uh, but I think we'll see some people experiment with it, just like we did them experimenting with Kael'thas. Um Yeah, I think if you can cheat the Dreadfang out, it would be ridiculous. So, I mean, there there's probably a way to do it, but I'm not 100% sure. Like like I said, it's it's a big setup card. So yeah. All right, for Hunter we have the Venom Strike Bow, a four mana rare weapon, uh, one two with poisonous. We have the Cinderai Scent Finder. It's a common four mana one six with a frenzy effect. Summon four one one hyenas with rush. And the Serpent Bloom, which is a common zero mana spell, give a friendly beast poisonous. All right. I do like the Serpent Bloom on this a lot. Uh, I don't know if it's my favorite card so far, but it is uh, a really powerful card. I actually won my uh, Tavern Brawl game with the Serpent Bloom because it helped me get rid of a taunt that was in the way and, and swing in for victory. So I do like that card quite a bit. It's it's really interesting that Hunter now has a zero cost. Venom Strike Bow is really powerful. I think at four mana, it is uh, in the right place for, for what its effect is because uh, four mana for a two minion removal is, even though it takes two turns, is, is really something. So I think that's right the right place for it. Uh, Cinderella's Secret Scent Finder, I think, is, uh, is really good, especially because you have a couple of different ways to trigger it. Um, there's a couple of spells like uh, Wound Prey that you could use with it. You could even just Wound Prey and get a, like five hyenas with Rush. So you can generate quite a lot of tokens on like turn five with that. Um, whether or not that's going to help, I don't know because 
Hunter doesn't really have a whole lot of uh, board buffs. But uh, other than that, I think it's a pretty decent card, especially because they all have rush. So you could you could effectively use that as removal too. Yeah, and especially in combination with the Serpent Bloom, the hyenas are beasts, so you'll be able to use that yep. as well. You use it with the, in a scavenging hyena uh, deck as well, where you're just you know generating tokens with rush to get rid of them to feed your scavenging hyena. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different ways you can use it. It's a, it, I think all three cards are good. I don't know if it puts Hunter in a better position, but it's uh, it, they're definitely good cards for sure. I was kind of thinking these were some of the weaker <laughs> cards for Hunter. I wasn't really a big fan of Serpent Bloom, but you've got me thinking about it more now. I, I think that, I mean, it has a good effect um, and it would be a decent card to discover but probably not worth a slot in your deck because um, it's so conditional still. Yeah, and I mean, there, but there are a lot of different ways to discover it too, so uh, with Hunter anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think just even Serpent Bloom with Wind Prey being a one-mana removal, basically, is, yeah. uh, is pretty sweet too. There's uh, the ways they've given poisonous out in the past have for standard right now is, is they're not very good. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It, it could see play, but you're right. It might not. It might be just eating up a slot as zero mana. I, it might be a one of. It might be a zero of. But uh, I don't think it's a terrible card. I just think it's uh, very situational. Fair enough. And then the scent finder is also really good for achievement hunting for those who are looking to get the achievement for summoning however many hyenas you need in a turn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For mage, we have shattering blast. It's a rare frost spell at three mana. Destroy all frozen minions. Frost weave dungeoneer. It's a rare three mana two three with a battle cry draw a spell. If it's a frost spell, summon two one one elementals that freeze. And Flowcaster, a common six mana five five, costs two less for each frozen enemy. I mean, these are really interesting with the uh, the whole frost mage thing they've been doing, like, like Glacier Racer and Flurry and stuff like that. I don't know if it's enough to put Freezing Mage into any kind of category yet because, like, Shattering Blast is, again, it's good, but it needs so much setup. So, I mean, you could, in, in theory, use it in, like, turn five with a two-minion uh, two Flurry to get rid of two minions, but they're random at that point. Um, I don't think Frostweave Dungeoneer is really any... It gets you a card for 2-3 for three and at 3 mana, but, I mean, the elementals are are not very strong. They're probably not going to stay on board, so I don't think that's going to be much of a card to that you'll see. Uh, the Flowcaster, again, I have no idea. If, it makes, if, if these cards are strong enough to make Freeze Major thing, then they're good, but they'll be part of a deck that has a lot of other cards in it. So I don't know if that's uh, if they're going to be good or not. So I think Flowcaster can be really good just with a uh, Frost Wave or the three mana um, spell that freezes all minions. If they have three of them, it's free. So you can get them out on turn three, uh, potentially, uh, especially against aggro decks, which is where you kind of suffer a little bit on uh, the Freeze Mage side. Because uh, it takes a little while to get going. I've used all of these in duels decks where you can get the um, get some treasures that synergize pretty well with frost spells, and uh, it's it's worked out pretty well for me. So mm-hmm. uh, as far as standard, I think that the Frostweave Dungeoneer is actually decent stats for its cost and effect. Uh, drawing drawing a card and then being a tutor because it's drawing a spell uh, gives you basically replacement for itself. And then even though the elementals likely won't stay around, they one of them will probably freeze something at least. Uh, it's going to be hard to get rid of two of them. Um, so I, I actually think that's a pretty decent card. Yeah, like I said, I think if it, if it pushes Freeze Mage into being an archetype, then it'll be good. And even in standard, like Frost Nova is not there, but we do have um, Kona Cold. So Flowcaster could still be, you know, a, th- a three th- third turn 
um, all of a sudden you've got a five five out, which should be really powerful. Yeah, so and stand- it's- standard does have the four mana um, guy. Girl, yeah, yeah, guy, it's like a guy or girl. The uh, I know who you're talking about. The legendary uh, Dvardin Dawn Grasp. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, if you play that, then yeah, you're definitely you can definitely get it if, uh, like like we said, if if there's three of them to set up, three of them to to freeze for you. So, all right, moving on yeah. to Paladin. No, oh, sorry, did you have more? Nope, that's it. <laughs> Good to go. All right, uh, Paladin. Uh, we have Party Up. It's a rare seven mana spell. Summon five two two adventurers with random bonus effects. Seed Cloud Buckler, Death Rattle, give your minions Divine Shield. It's a three-mana common weapon that's got two attack and three uh, durability. And Judgment of Justice is a common one-mana secret when an enemy minion attacks, set its attack and health to one. So right away, obviously, everybody wants to talk about Secret Paladin because, well, that's the... That's it's a deck in both standard and uh, and wild, and I think this is a really really powerful card, especially late game. Obviously, it doesn't do a whole lot early game, but uh, if you can shuffle away on a mulligan, then I think it can uh, turn the tide of the game for you, especially when you know you're dealing with something uh, like fairly big end of the game. I think see Cloud Buckler is not going to see any play, to be honest. And uh, Party Up is is hard to say. I've uh, looked at the Adventures bonus effects. I wasn't super impressed, although they are two twos instead of one ones like the Lackeys were. So I think that that the fact that they're better statted is, is good. And I think that they'll actually you know, impact play. Uh, Party Up would be interesting to see with like uh, either a prism deck or um, just even late game. Five two twos is nothing to shake a tail at. And if you get one taunt, then, you know, you're kind of set. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, how impactful those adventures are. But the two twos, as opposed to being one ones, I think is uh, where it's at. And getting... 10 10 in stats for seven mana is, is no nothing to scoff at so true and the, just for everyone else the uh, adventurers we'll talk about them a few times because they uh, appear in a couple other classes as well uh, but there's eight different adventures that you could get and they basically just have the keywords so the arcane adventure gives spell damage plus one the burly adventure is the one that johnny mentioned that has taunt a deadly adventure has poisonous devout has divine shield relentless has wind fury sneaky has stealth swift has rush and vital has life steal so there's a lot of random things that can happen but they're all pretty good for two mana two two yeah, exactly. They're, like I said, seven mana for 10, 10 in stats and five different abilities is uh, pretty good. So, I mean, the card's not bad. Uh, whether it's uh, something that'll that'll see a lot of play, I'm not sure, but it is definitely a good late game card. And if you can cheat it out earlier, that's even better. So, All right, moving on to Priest. Against All Odds is an, a five mana epic holy spell. Destroy all odd attack minions. Uh, Devout Dungeoneer is a rare three mana two three with a battle cry draw spell. If it's a holy spell, reduce its cost by two. And the Cleric of Anche is a common one mana one two with a battle cry. If you've restored health this turn, discover a spell from your deck. I think these are all great cards, to be honest. Uh, the destroy odd attack all odd attack minions, I think, is an interesting design space. Um, but I don't know. It's it's going to be hard to say how exactly effective it's going to be. Um, obviously, if you have like a wave of apathy or something like that, you know, you're going to be able to uh, to to just destroy everything if you want. Uh, but you know, it could it could end up being really good. It could end up being kind of clunky. It's it's hard to say whether that's going to see play in any kind of controlled decks but it is definitely interesting design space uh this this cleric of Anche is like really really nice especially because it's another discover spell from your deck which priest has got a lot of and that could cause problems in in wild because like we're already hitting that shadow visions design space with a bunch of different cards so now 
uh, big priest or res priest is, is getting a lot more tools to play around with and they have a lot more flexibility in how they get their cards. So I think that's an actually really important card. I don't know if it'll actually see play for say big priest or res priest, but I mean, just discovering a spell from your deck when you have such a limited number of spells that are super impactful is, is what priest has been doing lately. And I think that's a really good card to add into the, to the way you can do that. Um, drawing a spell, if it's a holy spell, reduce this cost by two. I, I would say that's gr- like two, three for draw a card is great, but you're probably going to uh, reduce its cost because let's be honest, like 90% of priest spells are holy. So I mean, oh, no, about 90%. They have quite a few shadow spells as well. Oh, do they know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like a lot of the the really good ones are still holy, so yeah. it's hard. It's hard to say. Like, I mean, it could be. It could be. I mean, it could be bad, but I mean, there's like there are quite a few. Like, you could get um, apothesis is holy, so you could get that. You could get a bunch of different stuff. I get the luminance if you're looking to do some kind of uh, Nesmani Bloodweaver gift of luminance shenanigans. So, I mean, there's lots of different things you can do with it. I think it's a, a solid card overall, though. Yeah, I think that they're they're definitely playable, although it's a, kind of interesting to me that the design space has changed a little bit for Priest, where before they were mostly doing um, discovery of new spells or uh, generation of spells, and now they're more looking at draw. And uh, like discovering a card from your deck means that it actually pulls it out of the deck. It's not a copy of a spell from your deck. So uh, it makes it a little bit easier to play against when you know that they're not just going to have infinite generation value as it yeah, sometimes feels. I think that was a big complaint, especially with, with Renew, was that it was generating a new spell. And like, how do you play around something that's not in somebody's deck list? How do you play around something mm-hmm. that, you know, it, and it's a choice too. So you're basically tutoring. It, it's for in Magic the Gathering terms, it'd be like tutoring from your sideboard, which is oh, like right. an unheard of, like that's that's insanely powerful. So like just think, thinking, thinking of it in that term, it's, it's a very, it was a bad design space to go into in the sense that like you can't play around discover a spell. If 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 you get if the person happens to get like two good choices, like it's over. Like you can't. There's nothing you can do about it, and that's very frustrating to play against because you're not playing against the deck list. You're playing against the deck list plus random cards you could that you know you have no control over, and nobody has control over. Uh, so that's a it says it was a weird design space that a lot of people didn't like. Uh, so I think the discover the spell from your deck is better. The only thing is discovering a spell from your deck in a wild is really powerful simply because if you're looking to draw the one spell that you need to pull your combo out, that makes it really easy to do it. So as an example, draw a spell. If it's a holy spell, reduce your cost by two is a, is a better way to do it because you're drawing a spell. But if that's your only spell and you know it's a holy spell and it's going to be broken at two less mana, I mean, it kind of makes things, it can make things frustrating in another way. So it's, it's kind of just this whole really hard design space to, to manage and adding more cards to it. I don't think really helps, but I mean, that's kind of, like you said, that's kind of the area where they're, they're pulling priests. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of manage that. So actually, on all of these priest cards, I don't think they're going to see a lot of play. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't even think they're really all that good. Uh, like the cleric has uh, a requirement on the discover ability. Um, you you do better with the spells that do the same thing, and the body's not significant enough to make a huge difference, especially since to get the effect then. You have to, it's at least turn three or most likely turn three, and that's assuming that you have anything to heal by then. Um, against all odds, it takes some extra setup. Uh, like you said, there is the combo with Wave of Apathy, but um, spending two cards to do something that you can do with Semero Apotheosis at one more mana, you know, is 
um, I don't know, a hard sell uh, when you don't get a body on the board too, or the life steal. Uh, granted, Samuro's not always going to kill everything, uh, whereas that combination will. So maybe you get some, uh, but I don't see it super useful unless you are really clever about deck building. Maybe if it was it was four mana or six mana, and you could put it in an odd even priest, might make it interesting at least. Um, mm-hmm. And then actually, all of these would be a little bit well if they were odd. Or if they were even, I mean, uh, would be interesting in in that deck. But as it is, I find it I find it really difficult because the stat lines aren't that great, and uh, maybe the Devout Dungeoneer is the best of these uh, because yeah. you can build around it and you know definitely get a reduced cost something. But um, I don't know. I, I question how useful these are going to be in the current archetypes. I, I agree with you. I think Devout Dungeoneer is probably the best one out of them. Um, I think, like, grabbing a holy spell uh, for two less mana is probably the way to go. But, uh, yeah, so I guess, I guess we'll have to see for sure. All right, Rogue, we have the Shroud of Concealment. It's a three-mana rare shadow spell. Draw two minions. Any played this turn gains stealth for one turn. Savory Deviant Delight is a one-mana rare spell. Transform a minion in both players' hands into a pirate or stealth minion. And Water Moccasin, it's a common three-mana 2-5 beast with stealth and has poisonous while you have no other minions. Yeah, I don't know if uh, the rogue cards are that great. Um... It's it's hard to say. I don't. I, nothing like really sticks out at me, other than the savory deviant delight is obviously a combo smasher. So, yeah. Uh, Water moccasin is is good, but I mean it's really good stats. But I don't. It's hard to say whether it's going to be good. I don't. I don't. I mean I don't know. I don't know what the current what's the current rogue type type in standard anyway. Weapon. <laughs> Weapon, yeah. Weapon so in stealth, those cases, you maybe, don't have a lot yeah. of minions. Uh, and yeah, this might help bring stealth back. Um, but still, there's not very many that you'll get the poisonous effects with. Because um, yeah. you tend to want to have minions on the board, too. Yeah, uh, I think sure. the Shroud of Concealment is really good. To drawing two... Uh, Targeted cards, tutors for three is really good, even if you don't play them and give them stealth. Um, so that one, I think, get, gets added in just because it's great value. Yeah. And it helps with your tempo. Yeah, and I, and I mean, Saber Divot Delight is, is probably will only see play if there's a, a combo deck that's really tearing things up. Yeah, you, you got to hope that it'll hit... Uh, What's her name? A Luciana or uh, Luciana or um, uh, crap. There's a couple other cards that I could hit. Right. I can't think of them off the top of my head. Or dark glare and wild. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you can, if you hit dark glare and wild, although those are mostly zoo decks, so you're you're more than likely to hit something else. Although if you hit an eight eight, that's that's probably just as good too. Uh, for Shaman, we have Primal Dungeoneer, a rare 3-mana 2-3 two, with a battle cry draw spell. If it's a nature spell, also draw an elemental. Perpetual Flame, it's a rare 1-mana fire spell. Deal 3 damage to a random enemy minion. If it dies, recast this Overload 1. And Wailing Vapor, a common 1-mana one 1-3 one, elemental. After you play an elemental, gain plus 1 attack. So... The two elemental cards are interesting because they've been trying to push Shaman as an elemental. Uh, I've, I think I've seen that deck being played, so we're kind of uh, that's that's kind of interesting. I think it might help out an elemental deck for Shaman, so I think there might be something there now. Perpetual Flame seems really good. I have a question about it. If on the second cast it uh, kills the second minion, does it recast again? Does it keep going? 
as if it's a complete board wipe for uh, for one mana for small token decks, and that's really powerful. Yeah, you know, that's a good question because it's recasting this uh, spell, so I would assume that it continues to recast if it kills them, but it also and, will continue to overload you. So. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I, So, I mean, like, if you're casting on turn two or three, though, you don't really care about your next turn if you wipe out Pirate Warrior in the first go. So Right. <laughs> I mean, in wild, that that could be like a super strong spell. And uh, I think there's a, there's already big shame. Big shaman already uses a control shell, so I think that would be really important for them. But uh, I mean, we'll see. It depends on how it how it plays out. I don't. Know. I haven't played with it yet, so I can't can't speak to whether it does that. And if it does, it's really strong. If it just recasts it one more time, then I think it's uh, it might not be that great. All right. Uh, for Warlock, we have the Stealer of Souls. He's a rare four mana, two six demon. After you draw a card, change its cost to health instead of mana. The Unstable Shadow Blast is a common two mana shadow spell. Deal six damage to a minion. Excess damage hits your hero. And Final Grasp, a common one mana shadow spell. Deal one damage to a minion. If it dies, summon a two two adventure with a random bonus effect. The same adventures as before. Yeah, Final Grass is great. It's kind of like a Mortal Coil with a different effect. So I, that'll definitely see play because Mortal Coil see ton, sees tons of play already. Uh, Unstable Shadow Blast, I think, is actually an awesome card. I think people are going to underestimate how good it is. Uh, six damage to a minion. So if they've got an early board threat that's just really big and you're, you know, yeah, this deals with it perfectly. If it if they don't have an early early threat, you know you can just hold on to it until you're not going to take as much damage. Or if you need to take more damage, I mean, Darkler in Wild is looking to take as much damage as possible from Molten Giant. So I mean, that's another way you can, you can use that as well. As for Steeler Souls, uh, I mean, I don't think it's that good. Uh, I, I think it's okay, um, but I like you're not determining what you're getting so i mean you could get your 10 mana spell as a 10 health spell and then not be able to cast it late game because you're down so far so i don't see that being really impactful but the other two cards are fantastic uh i've seen some lists though that in wild set you up for a pretty consistent turn six um lethal from what i've seen uh with this because you can um, run to a Mechathune, even if it hurts you a lot. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not really sure on how feasible it is. I've just seen people theory crafting the lists, uh, <laughs> that may make that a little bit better than you would expect. Like just making Cataclysm free in a Mechathune deck, uh, it's pretty fun. <laughs> well, I mean, making Cataclysm free in, in any Mechatune deck is kind of the goal, so yeah. it could help with that, for sure. Um, I just don't like it. Overall, I don't, outside of that niche, I don't think it's, it's a good card or see much play. Moving on to Warrior, we have uh, Kresh, Lord of Turtling. He's a legendary 6-mana 3-9 beast with Frenzy, Gain 8 armor, and a death rattle of Equip a 2-5 Turtle Spike. Whetstone Hatchet is a rare one mana one four weapon. After your hero attacks, give a minion in your hand plus one attack. And Man at Arms, named after our good friend Matt at Arms over at um, Hero Power Podcast. Uh, it's a common two mana two three with a battle cry. If you have a weapon equipped, gain plus one plus one. I am not sure. Like I, I like Man at Arms. I think he's a very good tempo, and obviously Warriors been getting a lot of cheaper weapons lately. Whetstone Hatchet is uh, really neat in the handoff space. Um, with four with four durability too, like that's that's a, a pretty big, uh, yeah. pretty big, pretty big weapon to be honest. One mana for one four. Just that in general is good, and then it's got a buff on top of it. That's that's insane. So Man at Arms is obviously really good. The two of them together is, is a fantastic package. Crash Lord Turtling is interesting. Um, 
It's a six mana three nine, so it's going to stick around. It does give you a weapon as well, which is really interesting. Uh, and when it gets hit, you get eight armor. So it's, and it's pretty much like, going to survive any hit that it takes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's fantastic. Like I think all these cards are really good. I don't know the card I'd be least. I think we'll see the least play is Crash, but I could be wrong on that because it, it's it's great as well. I just think. Uh, Early tempo three four man at arms is or four four man at arms if you end up hitting 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 the uh, the hatchet with it so you know you know what I mean like getting the mm-hmm. face damage in and then getting the buff on the man at arms so then all of a sudden now it's a four four on turn two uh, that's pretty darn good <laughs> that's <laughs> that a lot of good. tempo <laughs> that's a lot of good stuff for warrior and they're already a pretty strong deck this may introduce a second archetype for him. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, just on paper, those are very strong cards to put together. And as, like I said, it's not that Crash is bad, but it just not, it might not fit into the the deck type. That, I, that are we the actually rest of thinking that it's too slow? <laughs> I mean, if you're, but if you're putting down a two mana four four, I, I don't see what a six mana three nine is going to do for you. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's hard to. Hard to see what that actually does for your deck, but I mean, if there's nothing else in there, that's it's a perfect. It's a great card to put in too. I just don't know if you want the two five turtle spike over the one four hatchet that gives your guys plus one. So it's it's a hard, it's a hard kind of a hard sell, I guess. But if that's the only weapon you're going for, because it's not like it's not like warrior doesn't even doesn't have a lot of weapons, even in standard, it's got quite a few weapons going for it and uh, minions to generate well. weapons too yeah exactly so like it's got the spiked wheel it's got um obviously the hatchet it's got even ringmaster's baton it's a two mana one three so like you've got there's three weapons right there that are under two mana so the two five spike i think just kind of destroys your weapon which i don't know if you want it but at the same time it's not a bad card either because you do get eight armor out of it at some point. Right. And then lastly, there's five neutrals. Mutanus the Devourer. He's a legendary seven mana, four, four Murloc with a battle cry. Eat a minion in your opponent's hand and gain its stats. Archdruid Naralex is a legendary three mana, three, three. Uh, dormant for two turns. While dormant, add a dream card to your hand at the end of your turn. And Selfless Sidekick is a common 7-mana 6-6 six, six, with a battle cry, equip a random weapon from your deck. Devouring Ectoplasm is a common 3-mana three 3-2 three, with a death rattle, summon a 2-2 two, two adventure with a random bonus effect. And Meeting Stone is a common 1-mana 0-2 at the end of your turn, add a 2-2 two, two adventure with a random bonus effect to your hand. Yeah, like some of these are interesting. I think Meeting Stone is really cool. Uh, I, I don't like that it's to your hand, but I mean, like, you would have to increase its mana cost to make it work. It it would be interesting to see, like, a meeting egg, too, or, like, it's a death rattle. But, uh, no, I think meeting stone's <laughs> really good. Um, you're just getting card generation. You'll get at least one. So, I mean, the worst-case scenario, you pay one mana and get a card. And best case scenario, you pay one mana and continually get cards that are going to help you. So uh, their mana cost is two. So you get a 2-2. Two, two. It's a 2-2 two, two with, a, with a plus side. So that's not a bad thing. At all. Um, the Devouring Ectoplasm, decently statted with a decent death rattle. I think that's pretty that's good card. Yeah. I think that'll see play in the death rattle uh, Demon Hunter decks that are going around. Uh, Selfless Sidekick, I think. Uh so I think selfless sidekick might actually see play in some kind of wild combo deck uh, or odd warrior deck where you're looking for bulwark ex- as an example, uh, bulwark of Asnoth. So if you play selfless sidekick, I mean, you only have one in your deck in an odd warrior deck, but it gives you a second chance to pull bulwark, which I think is really important for odd warrior. So I think that's the only place it sees play. It's another it's, way to pick up um, Kingsbane as well. 
Yeah, a very Lord. expensive way to pick up King's Bane as well. Well, you know, so. you, you've used all the others by turn seven anyway, right? So, uh, probably, yeah, that's true. It's it's hard to say whether that'll actually find a slot in King's Bane, um, but like I said, it, it definitely see it could see play in Odd Warrior for sure. Yeah, it's a little expensive for the other weapon based decks, but I'm I'm curious about that one. See what people come up with. For sure. Uh, Arcturic Narlex, um, interesting card, interesting design. Three for three, three. You get two cards. Um, I don't think that's a bad. That's, that's a fine card. Uh, even though it's dormant, you do get uh, dream cards. So. Uh, and the dream cards are pretty good. Yeah, exactly. And you get it a lot earlier than you get the, get them with uh, Ysera. Yeah, exactly. So there's that. Um, I don't know. It could be. It could be really powerful. It could be kind of a dead card too. It's hard to say. I, I've run into it a lot already. So people are definitely exper- experimenting with it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mutinous the Devourer. Um, I've already seen an OTK with it, so we'll just leave it at that. It's also a, uh, a combo killer for sure. So I think it's a very good card. Um, obviously, late game, and we'll we'll see play in just certain decks, but not. Not necessarily all over the place. So this was the card I was most excited about was Mutanus, uh, and I'm I'm pronouncing it Mutanus. I'm guessing it's probably Mu- Mutanus or Mutanus. Uh, just to I just uh, say mut- mutinous. <laughs> mutinous. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't that, know if that's that works. Right, but... That works. <laughs> I just like the idea of the silent but deadly um, context there. And I, I really <laughs> like this guy in gold because he his eyes go opposite, so they like both turn out. It's, it's pretty pretty funny. Um, yeah, he's a little expensive, but combo disruption, um, disrupting, uh, you know, just the hand in general. It's basically a discard uh, that you don't get back. Um, it makes me want to try out uh, like a discard. Demon Hunter, since they have Stalina and um, and the other, what's the other demon? The four six that discards a card. Um, regardless, it, it it should be interesting that you can start to clear out your opponent's hand. I've never really been a fan of that. Like in Magic, um, at least playing against it feels bad, but. Uh, playing with those kinds of effects is actually kind of fun. And oftentimes you find that you're just trying to run your opponent out of cards so that you could take control in a control setting. And that does that. And if you can do it like right before turn 10, usually that's where the magic happens. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to testing him out in a lot of different ways. And one of yeah. those ways is in Battlegrounds now too. But before we get there... <laughs> There's some other things that were changed in 20.4. Uh, there were some nerfs and some slight wording changes. Uh, let's start with the nerf to first day of school, a second nerf on this one. It's going from a one mana add three random one cost minions to your hand to only adding two random one minion costs to your hand. So back yeah. to the original effect, but for <laughs> one mana. <laughs> I think this is what it should have been in the first place because, uh, like, the zero mana to one cost minions to your hand was great for hand buff uh, paladin in wild and hand buff paladin probably one of the best decks. Adding three three one cost minions didn't really help it because now your smugglers alley got like one extra one one for one mana and i was like man like that doesn't help you just you're you're giving them more to reload with like that's even more tempo (laughs) they don't need more uh so i i thought it was uh interesting that they finally pushed that back down uh it was a problem in standard too so obviously uh it'll be a little a little bit less powerful but i still think it's gonna see play because generating two cards for one mana it doesn't even matter the random Almost all the one cost cards are good. There's maybe one or two, even in wild only, to bad one cost cards. So, uh, and I think that's 
that that's the right the right call. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny because when uh, I reviewed the last patch where uh, first day of school went from the zero mana to one mana and added the extra minion, then. Uh, the person that I was talking to then said that it was a buff. It, it wasn't even a, a nerf. But so uh, that was kind of intriguing. Um, but yeah, I think that this does set it back to um, be better aligned with the rest of the, the world. The other is Hand of a Doll. Uh, it used to give a minion plus two plus two and draw a card. Now it gives minion plus two plus one draw a card. I honestly still think it's too strong. <laughs> it should be give a minion plus two attack and draw a card. Uh, it's it, You're getting a card, you're getting three stats for two mana, and you're getting a card. Like, it's still way above what it should be doing. But, yeah, especially uh, when you think that draw a card is usually one and a half mana, right? So Exactly. And then <laughs> you a half a mana stats. For, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you 100% there. So uh, interesting on this one. I think this is the card that I had the most disenchants for yet. So uh, when I went in to disenchant all my extras, I had 96 of them. So uh, a new record. And it's weird to be able to disenchant a common to get a golden legendary, which is how I got the mutanus or mutinous. um, (laughs) How do you pronounce it? (laughs) Uh, Unbound yeah. Elemental. They made a change just to say, just to change whenever to after. Uh, so instead of whenever you play a card, it's after you play a card with Overload. Um, so I don't think there's any functional changes there. Just a wording change, and they made another one uh, for the battlegrounds uh, as well. Uh, I don't think we'll see any changes there immediately, but maybe it's for future design space. I, I think you're right in that. So- functional but i think it was more descriptive because whenever you play a card with overload if it gets counterspelled it's kind of ambiguous whether you get the plus one plus one or not so Mm -hmm. the way this is worded now you know you don't get it right so because the card was never played whereas you're trying to play it so whenever you play it oh i was trying to play it so i should get the one one and you know what i mean so i think that was kind of an ambiguity that gets cleared up All right, so moving on to Battlegrounds updates. There's two new heroes, and one hero leaves. So Maev Shadow Strong has been removed from Battlegrounds temporarily, but we added Mutinous the Devourer, which has a zero-mana hero power called Devour that removes a friendly minion. You spit its stats onto another and get a gold. I had a lot of fun with this. I got him the first two times I played Battlegrounds. Actually, the only two times that I've played Battlegrounds since uh, since he released. It's really nice to be able to keep the stats of something that you've buffed up a few times. Uh, and But it's time to get rid of that minion. Um, so your tier one things, you spit it onto another minion and then replace it. It's really great. <laughs> I can't it, I can't. I see so many synergies enough. with that. That is just ridiculous. Like even in... Um demon when you're playing demons one of the things i didn't like was that like that one card that's the one three in tier one where like you get you deal a damage to yourself at some point you want to stop dealing damage to yourself and this would be just a great way to like recycle that minion and keep its stats but not you know not continue to take damage so i'm like this this card has so many different uses i can't even believe it it's so good too you get a gold on top of that like wow yeah so you're not you're you're selling it and getting the stats so it's it's amazing also get to yeah you also get to like keep your your uh what's it called i don't know i don't know what i know the the better battlegrounds players have a word for it but there's like the swap space where you always keep one one space open to cycle uh-huh. through minions mm-hmm. well now you don't even need to do that because you can just like at least once a turn you can cycle that spot and then with the devour and then all of a sudden your cycle spots open and you can just keep going crazy yeah like, it's so good i'll be pick- i'll be picking it first first time I, anytime i get it i'll be first picking it for sure and then Guff Brune Totem is the other new hero. His uh, hero power is one mana. It's called Natural Balance, and it gives a friendly minion of each tavern tier plus two plus one. 
interesting design space. It's uh seems pretty good because you can continually use it. So it's uh it's here that you want to mix hero powers, right? Especially these two together would be pretty amazing. <laughs> but um but yeah, I I wasn't super excited about it because you generally want to get rid of stuff, but there are some tier one, tier two minions that end up hanging around for a while. So you get them significantly buffed, then you can start buffing a lot more things and he becomes a bit of a light thing enforcer type. So uh, I've heard people use him to good effect. Um, I've heard a couple of seconds and even a first place with him. So uh, I think he's probably better than I initially thought. He seems pretty powerful. I mean, like like I said, you can use his, his ability every single turn. So worst case scenario, you're going to have this, the tier one minion you got on your first turn. is like this giant thing at the end. But uh, like in a lot of complicated boards like you're or where somebody's trying to share your minions like you are going to have a bunch of different minions at different levels so i, I think you're going to see a lot of benefit out of that it, it might be a little too powerful but we'll see it could be that uh, situational thing too depending on the, the tribe you pick good point <clears throat> uh, and then they also added a new minion the hex ruin marauder he's uh tier four Three five demon at the start of your turn. If you have six or fewer minions, gain plus three plus three. At turn four, you do need like I've uh, there's been times where like or sorry not turn four, but when you get to the tier four, there have been times where I'm short minions and I'm like, do I just grab a whole bunch of copy minions? This would probably help out a lot more after a turn or two and try mm -hmm. to keep you alive. And works really well with Isarge. <laughs> and, and if you're keeping your lane open, then, um, you know, you can keep it open a little bit <laughs> differently uh, and leave it open on the board and buff this guy. Plus three, plus three. And if you gold him, it's plus six, plus six each turn. It's pretty strong. And he's already got decent stats. So, yeah, I, ha I haven't seen him yet, but I'm interested in trying him. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good card, and it, the six six as a golden is is fantastic. Too, so. Um, so we mentioned that Maev has been removed from the hero pool. Um, Quillbore are now no longer guaranteed to be in every match, which is interesting because I find myself forcing Quillbores all the time. So uh, not having them there will make me reconsider my strategies. Uh, Siege Breaker, the demon, um, the. 5-8, I think he was, uh, that gives your other demons plus one attack, has been removed. And Captain Hogger's text changed from whenever to, or I'm sorry, it was changed from after to whenever. So <laughs> interesting swap there, um, I guess, again, to make it more clear. There's no real need for it to be whenever because it's always going to, or to be after because there's nothing that can stop it. Um, on Captain Hogger, maybe. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the case. Uh, and then right. finally, for duels updates, uh, they made some changes um, where the Whaling Caverns mini sets added to the loot buckets and the the uh, eligible um, pools. So you can build your deck with the new cards. And they've also made a an update to passive treasures that I'm not a huge fan of, actually, uh, to make the system less deterministic. And basically what they're saying there is they had give, made it more deterministic where it checks your deck and looks for counts for numbers of things uh, in order to determine what treasures to offer. Uh, so you could pretty reliably build your deck to get specific treasures. And it ended up causing some problems in the meta where uh, people would build specifically towards certain treasures and you'd run into the same like, like deck and uh, treasures consistently. You still are going to get some level of that because certain heroes get certain uh, treasures more often than not. But like the big one was... Uh, when you could could uh, 
give your rush minions uh, or make a copy of your rush minions and then uh, summon duels of your legendaries and warrior. And uh, it was, it was really frustrating to play against because there really wasn't a lot that you could do against it. And now it's not as consistent in giving you the discs of legend, which is the one that summons a second copy of your, your legendaries um, when you've built specifically towards it. So you can have nine legendaries in your deck and you won't get it or you might not get it. You might still get it, which adds a different level of frustration when you play against somebody that got the nuts and you have nothing. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it changes, whether it's for the better or for the worse. Unfortunately, I played almost no duels, so I have no yeah. input as to that. I apologize, but it's no just worries. not a mode that I've, I've gotten into yet. Well, while I've been out, then it's been, it's quickly become my favorite mode. So I was a little bit fatigued on playing in standard or wild and i uh, just felt like duels gave me something else to do where i could actually do the deck building um so i don't know it's not for everyone i understand and it really wasn't for me for a long time but when they had the that period where it was all determined uh when your powers are all determined by your deck building then i was really getting into it we'll see if i right. stick with it now <laughs> Well, hopefully you do. Hopefully, hopefully we can get some more duels players out there. <laughs> it seems like a good mode. It seems like it just needs a little bit of tweaking. So, and finally, finally, there's some new single player content coming out. The Book of Mercenaries Zarella is out. I hear it's a really great story. Haven't finished it yet, uh, and it gives some more background into overall uh, mercenaries. Uh, so, if you haven't checked that out, you'll get a priest pack if you finish it. And it looks pretty interesting. We've got another one coming on June 15th for Guff Rune Totem. Uh, he's kind of a favorite character from other mercenaries. Uh, he's just kind of a goofy dude. So uh, looking forward to that one. And then the Book of Heroes Malfurion comes on June 22nd. So we'll be getting a couple of Druid packs uh, this month still. So oh. be on the lookout for those. Yeah, I, I ha don't happen to play a lot of single player uh, just because I don't have the time. <laughs> it's not, That has nothing to do with whether I like it or not. I do, I do like the single player content. It's just I don't tend to have the time to get through it, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. And with the two Druid packs, that'd be nice too. I like playing Druid usually. So. Yeah, so I, I would suggest, I know that if you're, Pushing for legend every month, it can be a bit of a grind, and you don't really want to to take away from that, um, especially if you're just getting there at the end of the month. But I think that it's worth the time. It doesn't take that long uh, to get through the eight um, chapters, I guess, of the story, and it does provide some interesting story. But even if you don't pay attention to it, then it's unique challenges that make you think about the game a little bit differently. And then you get the pack at the end. So I, I do recommend taking the time out. Uh, it'll probably take, I don't know, I think it's taken me about an hour to, to get through most of these. And usually you only have to retry one or two of them uh, a couple of times. Um, everything else is pretty pretty standard if you've played Hearthstone a bit. Um, so definitely worth Worth the time investment. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I hear what you're saying. I, like I said, I'll try to make time for it. <laughs> everybody, should, like you said, everybody should. It's it's a free pack too. So I mean, yeah. there's that. If you're free to play, and I'm a, I'm not necessarily free to play, but I'm a very heavy advocate of that. So mm -hmm. anytime you can get a free pack, do the thing. You get a free pack. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to put you down or anything. I'm just giving a recommendation. <laughs> I never think that much. <laughs> and that kind of wraps up the whole 20.4 release. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Johnny, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate uh, you inviting me on. And uh, yeah, thanks for everything. If uh, anybody wants to check me out, I'm on Twitter at Scott Johnny. Uh, same thing with Twitch. It's just twitch.tv slash Scott Johnny. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad to have you on. Like I said, I'm a big fan. I think I'm a founder in your channel even. So um, yes, you are. <laughs> I've been around since the beginning. 
And uh, yeah, any final thoughts, final words of wisdom? Not really. Just uh, if you're interested in the game, you know, just keep playing it. It it can be boring at times. Just switch modes, like you like you've been saying. You know, you're into the duels, and then you weren't, or like vice versa. There's always a different mode to play. Uh, if you if you're bored of wild, if you're bored of standard, come over to wild. We'd love to have you. There's not as big a community in North America for wild, but uh, it's definitely a fun format, and you can you can find some weird decks to to play. Also, uh, Battlegrounds is all, a lot of fun. I usually have fun but when I play it. I just don't get to play it as often as I could. So, yeah, switch modes and have a lot of fun with the game. Excellent. Thank you, Johnny. And thank you, listeners, for listening to another edition of The Happy Hearthstone. Much love, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. wanted to take a moment to remind you that you are the happy hearthstone and as always we'd love to know what you thought of the show and what you'd like to see added to the show for future sessions or episodes check the show notes at thehappyhearthstone.com for information on how to get a hold of me or the happy hearthstone in general and if you have any show ideas or would like to be on the show yourself to talk about anything hearthstone related please do reach out much love everyone <laughs>